You want to achieve great things? You want to reach the next level? Well, so does every other entrepreneur. You know what that means? You have to take every competitive advantage possible. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, the show where we're going to show you how to create this competitive advantage by being more productive and sharing the secrets of the world's top performers. I'm your host, Kenny Aronson, and I think it's time to get down to business. Your mind, body, and spirit are capable of far more than you could ever imagine. This amazing potential, however, is only reached by a small number of people. So how do you get closer to what you were born to do? Well, today, I am joined by an extraordinary man who will help us to hopefully find the answer. Art Geyser is the creator of Energetic NLP, where he helps people to unlock their miraculous abilities. Art has 30 plus years of experience in the fields of energetic neurolinguistic programming, science, psychic development, and energy. He has a very diverse background with extensive experience in the medical field. I'm very curious and excited to see what we can learn from Art today. So without any further ado, welcome to the show, Art. How are you doing today? Thanks. Thanks. I'm really happy to be here. I'm excited about this. I got to say, I'm very excited too. I look forward to speaking with you today and more importantly, learning from you because there's a ton that I want to talk about with you today, a ton of things that I want to learn about. And I know that the audience out there is also dying with curiosity for what you're doing in the world and kind of what your story is. So Art, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about your story and what you're up to in the world? Well, um, when I was young, I, I was always fascinated by science and I wanted to be a scientist when I grew up. But I was also really fascinated, as you are, with the powers of the mind. And even at a young age, I, I knew that there had to be all these unconscious abilities. That When people would talk about that, it made total sense to me. And even things like telepathy, but also just unlocking all the different powers of the mind was something that fascinated me. And I was a pretty adventuresome young person. And uh, after I graduated from college, I got stuck. Um, I, I got lucky and I managed to get a research uh, job, um, ended up managing a research lab for the University of California Medical School in San Francisco, which is one of the top health science research uh, labs in the world, and um, uh, the area we were working on, people would call it epigenetics now, we weren't using that term then, we were studying the effects of estrogen and progesterone on the tissues in a woman's body, and and it was like worthwhile work, I was proud of what we were doing, during lunch I could listen to Nobel laureates speak, I mean, I heard Watson, I heard Crick, you know, I heard the person who came up with the theory that an asteroid killed the dinosaurs, I mean, it was really a fascinating place with great people, and I didn't belong there. <laughs> and I, I knew I didn't belong there. I mean, it, it, but I was like, I didn't know what I wanted. And I'd always had the belief that something was going to appear, and that was going to take me down my path. And then as the years passed, I started thinking, well, maybe I'm just lying to myself. You know, <laughs> and, you know maybe that's just a big excuse. Maybe I'm just a loser, maybe, you know, and on the surface, everything was fine. I had a great life. I had a fantastic uh, true love relationship. I had a lot of fun. And, and, and my work was fine, but it, you know that feeling when you go, this is fine, but this isn't me. I, I, I shouldn't be here. And um, 
Uh, and I just was so stuck. And now that it, I kind of laugh about that because one of my students now could have gotten me unstuck an hour, but, um, but <laughs> I, was, I was all balled up in my belief system and everything. And the first crack in it was, and I think there's something you'll appreciate, uh, at the student union they would have courses at night that had nothing to do with the medical school. And a man named Bruce Honig was giving a four night course on creativity. And now that sounds pretty normal, but this was back in, uh, I don't know, I guess about 1983. And the idea of teaching creativity was not a common idea. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading in the catalog that he was teaching that and I thought, you can teach creativity? Wow. And I, I took the course and, and, and the idea like that you could make up your own work. You could, you could, um, have as much, you, you could do something like study creativity and teach it to other people and make a living out of it. You know, it was, it was the first like crack that opened the door for me. And I didn't know quite what to do with it, but he told me about a talk on intuition. And I'd always been really interested in intuition. And so I went to the talk and I'm a great believer in synchronicity that, you know, that things will happen that it will either take you on your path or show you your path or, or help you out. And I, and I, one of the things in, in my programs, we really emphasize opening up to that. And for people that think that's just about luck or coincidence, if we are all truly interconnected on a spiritual energetic level, synchronicities make total sense. You know, why would it be an accident if we're all on some level in communication? But um, during a break from the talk and they were selling books and stuff, and it was just okay. And I, I went out in the hallway and there was a bulletin board and on it was a flyer and it said neuro-linguistic programming, which is the full name of NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. And I read those words and it honestly felt like a bolt of lightning hit me on top of the head, <laughs> went down my midline and went out. It was like, boom. <laughs> and, um, you know, the scientist in me was going, what was that? And the mystic in me was going, what was the sign? What do you think it was? And I'm, I'm trying to process and figure out, well, what do I do with this? And I went in and they had all these books on intuition. And then they had an NLP book there that had nothing to do with intuition. I thought, well, that's weird. I've never even heard of this. And now here's the book. And um, I, I, I started reading the book and I was like, completely fascinated. I'd always been interested in psychology, but years ago, psychology was very rigid and it just didn't seem right to me. And it was also very slow. They would talk about, oh, to do deep change work took at least five years. And there's an old Woody Allen movie where he's talking to his girlfriend and he goes, um, I've only been in therapy for 12 years. <laughs> and he's exaggerating a bit, but that was kind of the old way of thinking. And i started reading this NLP book and you know how you hear an idea sometime and you go, I've kind of thought that before. And so some of it I'd be reading and go, yeah, I've wondered about that. Or I thought that and other things I never remotely thought of. But as soon as I read them, it's just like, that makes sense. That makes sense. But, they, but one thing really bothered me about the book and they were making these extravagant claims. I thought like, oh, we can cure a phobia in one session and we can change a deep belief in one session. And, you know, again, the scientist in me was going, yeah, that seems pretty bogus. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, but for once in my life, I, I was the kind of person usually 
I would do what was convenient and cheap. <laughs> and, um, and I was so fascinated by NLP, I thought, and, and there were some courses going on around that were, were pretty cheap, but I heard of one and it was really expensive and I was gonna have to take six days off work, you know, my valuable vacation time. And but the man teaching it, and he's not well known now, uh, his name was Michael LeBeau, but he was a, uh, he, he developed incredible things in NLP, but he retired back in 1985, so most people just aren't aware of him. Um, but I'd heard he was amazing and that he was teaching this uh, Ericksonian hypnosis and advanced NLP course. And I had no business being in it because I, I didn't know anything. But I thought, I, I've got, I was just, you, you know that feeling when you're just driven? I got, mm -hmm. I got to find this out. And um, it was expensive and the vacation time and I sprained my ankle the day before and there was no Uber or Lyft. So I'm making taxis and buses and because you know, it was north of San Francisco and I'm thinking, this is going to be difficult and expensive. And um, uh, I get into the course, and the first thing that they did was they went, does anybody need help with transfer, uh, transportation? So boom, now I have uh, uh, somebody will pick me up, crutches and all, <laughs> and, and take me and get me home. And I thought, well, that's a good sign. But what blew my mind, and I think you'll like this, is Michael LeBeau comes out, and the first thing he does is he looks around and he goes, get out a piece of paper, and I want you to write down all your goals and outcomes for being in this program. And there's at least like 60 people in the room and we're all writing, writing, writing. And then he tells us, okay, um, you know, finish, finish that. And then he goes, I want you to take that piece of paper. I want you to fold it up. I want you to put it away. And I want you to forget about it. Because what I want you to get out of this program is what you don't even know to want yet. <laughs> and I was one of 60 people going, oh, <laughs> there were oohs and ahs. And, and I thought, okay, I'm in the right place. And then he proceeded to prove it. And um, it just opened my mind to all kinds of things I'd never considered, never thought of, and opened up abilities in me I never dreamed that I had. Um, and what was fun, it was a five-day program. And then a month later, we came back. And, and like I say, I was the only, like, complete inexperienced person in the program. Uh, they were like therapists and NLP trainers and master practitioners in NLP. And um, and when I came back for the second five days and in the first five days, I'm like lost all the time, but I'm really having fun, mm -hmm. you know, because my mind is just growing, growing, growing. And, and we would break into small groups and work with one another. And when I came back for the <clears throat> second five days, a number of different people came up to me and a number of them were therapists or trainers and they were going, you know, that work you did with me last month. And I go, yeah. And they go, Oh, it changed my life. And after the fifth or sixth person who said that, I went, okay, this is, this is my path. So, so that's how I got started. And then, um, uh, and maybe I should explain just a little bit about what NLP is before I explain what energetic NLP is. That'd be a good yeah, idea. that's that's what I was going to ask you because the uh, the next thing I was going to say is we could either talk about you know regular neurolinguistic programming or energetic neurolinguistic programming. So Art, would you be able to explain just a little bit about what classic neurolinguistic programming is? Yeah. So again, when when NLP started, um, therapists, you know, or, or psychology, a lot of it was very rigid. I mean, if you read some of the old things, you know, like the old Freudian 
every man wants to sleep with his mother and kill his father and women want penises of their own and you know and and, and all this stuff that I remember I'd read and I go well, this is fascinating but it just doesn't feel right to me I mean maybe some people are that way but, but everything was so absolute and rigid and and also everything took a really long time and the belief was you had to just like that if you understood why you were the way you you are that that would provide you the way to change even though over a long period of time and the people that started NLP Richard Bandler and John Grinder were aware of like five or six therapists who got magical rapid results with people so they they went well what are they doing that's different and so they started studying them and videotaping them and and in those days like there weren't even uh, not only could you not use your phone to videotape but you had to have this machine the size of like about half the size of a refrigerator or something <laughs> really you know I mean it's a big deal and expensive to videotape somebody uh, and they developed this whole theory um, including they went what do these people know unconsciously that they're not teaching because it's just the way they're mentally organized and they, they don't know to teach it because they don't they don't even recognize it themselves and out of that work came NLP and this and they realized there were all these different ways for people to make rapid deep changes. And then the, the next innovation they did is they realized, well, this doesn't just have to be for therapy. You can use it for skills transference. That the, the, the idea being that any skill, so let's say you want to go learn to snowboard. Um, you can go and somebody would teach you how to move your body like a good snowboarder or a good dancer or a good athlete. Um, but they wouldn't tell you how to think like what well, what goes on in the brain of a great snowboarder and so in NLP we're studying like what's somebody's internal subjective reality and we believe that that creates their skills and their limitations so I'm um, vertically challenged and if you could take uh, uh, Kobe Bryant's brain and put it in my body I'd be one hell of a short basketball player <laughs> <laughs> You know, my body couldn't do what his body can do, but I'd be pretty darn good. Because um, it isn't, again, there's a whole internal aspect to any skill, whether it's mathematics or creativity or art or, or, or great leadership. And it's how you perceive the world, how you make sense of it. But also that very, like people talk about visualizations. Well, uh, in NLP, we get in, into that in a very detailed way. So like, if somebody's picturing something, how do they know they believe it or not? How do they know it was past, present, or future? And there's all these little coding systems that people are unconscious of. And once you know them consciously, you can do things like if somebody has a limiting belief, you can teach them to repackage it as something they doubt. And um, they, they can take something that they doubt and repackage it as a belief. And you can take apart a phobia. I mean, you can do really miraculous things. And, like say, I, I was totally fascinated by it. And uh, even even when I was new at it, I was changing people's lives. But like anything, I realized there were limitations. And it, about the same time, because this was in Marin County, north of San Francisco, there were a number of people in the programs who were interested in psychic development, healing, energy work, intuition, spirituality. And they started teaching me things. And I rapidly realized that was a whole other world that could do 
incredible transformative work with people. And, but I'd also realized where it had limitations. And so I, what I would start doing was combining NLP with the spiritual energetic work. And what I discovered, it was like one plus one equal to hundred that, you know, they, they turbocharged each other. And so that, that was the beginning of energetic NLP. And so in energetic NLP, we use NLP, spiritual principles, um, intuition development and transformative energy work uh, to transform people's lives and open up their abilities. Thank you, Art. I, I'm so curious about learning more. I feel like we could talk about this for like a whole month straight. And so I'm trying to think of, you know, where would be best to go with the conversation right now? So why don't you give some practical examples or techniques for how you can use either NLP or energetic NLP for, for just general techniques that people could use mm -hmm. based off these topics. In, in order to do that, let me explain just a little bit more because then the, the techniques will make sense. Okay. You know, if you take a minute right now and you look at your hands and then try to imagine what your hands would look like if you had never washed in your entire lifetime. You know, they'd be coated with all this stuff and you would think that was you. You would think all that gunk on your hands was the real you. And if you fell in a stream or river and it got washed off, you know, and you saw your actual flesh, you'd go, what is this stuff? And wait a minute, this is me. And, you know, it feels better. And wow, I can do all these things with my fingers now that, that I couldn't do. Well, the, a person's energy field is like any other part of them. It gets dirty. And let, let, me, let me go lateral for just a minute. Um, I'm, I'm on a bit of a soapbox about... You know, people will come up to me and go, oh, I'm not into this woo-woo stuff. I don't believe in invisible energies. <clears throat> and I go, well, that's fine. And what's your relationship to gravity? Have you ever had a sunburn? Well, the, what's burning you is the invisible infrared rays. Um, you know, do you use a mobile phone? You know, uh, um, it's now physics that people, like everything else, have energy fields. That's that's mm -hmm. no longer just the the... the you know, ancient wisdom and knowledge. I mean, they knew it a long time ago, but now you can measure some of them, but we know the human body has energy fields and we know that they have a profound effect upon us. And the other thing that I'll just mention is that there is in fact some incredibly good scientific research on this. Um, uh, and if I can give just one example, there, and this experiment's been repeated all over the world, and it, it's what's called a double-blind experiment. Mm -hmm. In a double-blind experiment, you, you get rid of the placebo effect because nobody knows what's supposed to happen. So there can't be a placebo effect because they don't, you know, if I give somebody a sugar pill and go, this will cure your headache, they could have a, a placebo effect because they know what it's supposed to do. But if I just give them a sugar pill uh, and I don't tell them what it's supposed to do, whatever happens next is... is you know, uh, well, sugar pill, I mean, if it was a real pill, mm -hmm. they don't know what it's supposed to do. Um, it's unlikely to be a placebo effect because they don't know, they don't have any expectations. So they'll take somebody and they'll have them connected to uh, medical instruments that measure their physiological responses. And they'll have somebody operating that equipment. Well, the subject doesn't know why they're doing it. And the person operating the equipment doesn't know why they're doing it. And sometimes they just don't know anything. Sometimes they, they just make up some story about something completely unrelated. And so here this person will be hooked up to medical equipment 
and somebody in the next room or 100 miles away or 1,000 miles away will start sending healing energy to that person who's connected to the medical equipment. And when they start sending them healing energy, the medical uh, equipment shows it, they start changing their physiological responses. And that response gets stronger and stronger, it, you know, as long as the energy healing lasts. And then they can tell when the person stops sending the healing energy. And that experiment's been repeated at universities all over the world, over and over again, and, and they get the same results. So, I mean, that's just one example of there has to be something going on there. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so and I'm just saying that for the, as somebody who's uh, quite a skeptic myself, um, I, I, I like to let skeptics know this isn't, you don't have to believe in woo-woo to believe that there's more to the world than you think there is. Um, so again, we had these energy fields and at least since when we were in our mother's womb, we started absorbing other people's energies. And their energy contain thoughts and emotions, thoughts and emotions, and they get incorporated into us and we, we just think it's us. So for example, let's say when you were in your mother's womb, your mother, your father, somebody in the household was really, really anxious. Often the person will start absorbing that anxiety energy and then they'll be talking to somebody like me and go, I'm 50 years old, I've always been anxious. I don't know why I'm so anxious and I've learned to meditate and I can slow myself down, but I'm still really anxious, but I, I can control it now. And we would say in energy work, any issue or problem that somebody's worked on, that they haven't really been able to make significantly better, there's an 80, 90% chance that the problem is, it's not really your problem, it's energies you've absorbed. And so all you can do is handle it, you can't heal it. But what you can learn to do, and this is where I'm gonna give people a tip in a moment, is you can release those energies. And when you release those energies, then you're, you, you connect with your own authentic thoughts and your own uh, authentic emotions. Does that, that make sense? Yeah, I believe so. And let, let me give some practical examples. So um, I, I do a lot of work in London and I, I'll laugh because you know, nowadays people have big TVs or great sound systems and I'll walk by a pub and, and there'll be some big, they would say football, we would say soccer match on and it's packed with people most of whom could be watching it at home. And it's like, why are they together? Um, and some of that you can explain psychologically, just the whole excitement of the group. But everybody in sports, I mean, you listen to sportscasters and they're always talking about the energy of the crowd. You know, and um, I do a lot of work in corporations and you know, you can walk into a meeting, you can feel the energy of the meeting and certain people walk in and the meeting feels worse. Certain people walk in, it feels better, even when they're not saying anything. So everybody listening has had that experience of, of feeling the energy of, of an area. Um, so we're, we're being constantly affected by energies, but this, the biggest effect is when they've entered our own energy field. And the good news is you can clear them the bad news is, it, is most people don't. And what happens is they, they assume, every, and, and this is one of the weaknesses of classical NLP, is in NLP you assume every thought you have is your own thought. It's either your conscious or your unconscious mind. Everything you feel is a genuine feeling. And when you get into energy work, you discover that 
people are having thoughts that aren't their own thoughts. They're having feelings that, and, and when they clear them, all of a sudden they go, oh, okay, that's really different. Um, uh, you know, one of the reasons I was having trouble making decisions about my life all those years ago was when I was stuck was that I had all this energy and programming in my space kind of telling me what I should do with my life. And, I, and it was getting, it wouldn't feel right to me. And I didn't recognize like these are not my authentic thoughts. Um, so is, is that all making sense so far? Yeah, I can definitely, it's, it's very clear now because I've certainly experienced kind of the, the change in energy and the change in thoughts by being around certain people or certain environments. And I think that's, you know, really interesting. I haven't really observed it as detailed as I, I did now, but I think it, it all, it's all pretty clear now. And I, I, I have observed that many times, you know, every person is different and you kind of, you know, some, like you, you kind of take their energy and like that, like if I mm -hmm. understand it correctly, that's what you're trying to get at here. Yeah. And it's like, you know, uh, if you've ever been a, with a group of people where there's a lot of anxiety and fear, mm -hmm. even if they're not saying anything, you can feel it. <laughs> you, know? Yeah, yeah. you know, and people often will go, God, I couldn't wait to get away from that place. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and, and conversely, you can go into a place and all of a sudden it's like, why do I feel better? You know, a lot of the great leaders either, and, and more of them know about energy work than you think, but, um, but a lot of them are unconsciously working with energy and they'll, they'll walk in a room and everybody feels better, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> or great team members. And, uh, um, so it, it turns out working with, with energy, um, intuition development, working with energy, the hardest thing about it is that it's really easy. And, and people have trouble with that. Um, uh, they they want to make it complicated. They want to make it, it's a special gift that only a few people were born with, you know. None of that's true. Um, they've done surveys in, in both the UK and the US and it comes up with the same figures. Like 70% of people will tell you that either they've experienced something or they know somebody's experienced something that was clearly uh, intuitive. Mm -hmm. that you know and a lot of those people go i don't believe in this stuff but but then they'll they'll, they'll go yeah i've had the experience <laughs> you know they'll know something they couldn't have known you know they get a bad feeling and won't go somewhere and avoid something horrible you know or the opposite so the, the first thing for people to get is this is a normal human ability and uh and you don't have to believe it's going to work for it to work um I always tell people, all you need to be is openly skeptical. And, and to me, openly skeptical means you're going, yeah, I don't even necessarily think it's going to work, but I'll try it. Um, you know, some people are so committed to it not being real that, that they block themselves. So for people listening, if you're committed to, to energy work not being real, you can block it. If you're, if you're going like, well, I'm willing to experiment, it, they'll be surprised. So. Um, I can take people if you want through a, a simple brief process that mm -hmm. they can use afterwards. Um, a, a couple of caveats. So if anybody's driving, don't do this while you're driving. Um, in fact, probably don't even listen to it while you're driving because these techniques are designed for people to go inward. You don't want to be inward when you're driving. You want to be <laughs> no, externally focused. Imagine. And um, 
I used to have CDs, or I still have CDs, but they're getting out of fashion. And somebody go, yeah, I bought one of your CDs, and I was listening to it when I was driving. I'm going, eek. <laughs> you know, it's like, like, I'm glad you're talking to me and you didn't hit anybody. Um, so, again, if anybody's listening while they're driving, just listen to a recording some other time or pull over. Um, and then... One of the things from NLP that we use in, in energetic NLP is uh, in, in something you may be aware of is that the unconscious mind has all kinds of abilities that you can often access just by giving it some kind of metaphor for it, um, some kind of analogy or metaphor. And I'll give you an example of that. I'll make a long story short. Um, uh, some like if, if you're gonna be an artist or an engineer one of the things that they do is they can picture something and then they can flip it around in their brain and see what it looks like from different angles so if you're an architect and you're drawing the front of a house the really good architects in their mind they can turn the house and see what the side looks like they can see what the back looks like you know if somebody's designing a car a really good designer can flip the car around in their mind and see the different angles um, and a friend of mine was a really great engineer and he was telling me about that and I couldn't do it. I just, you know, I would picture an image in my brain and I would tell it to flip and I might as well have been looking at a picture on the wall and telling it to flip. <laughs> you know, I'd be in my mind going flip, flip, you know, and it would just stay there. And I, this was a long time ago when I was studying biology and I, I honestly decided there was a gene that controlled the ability to flip mental images and I was I, I was defective and didn't have it and my friend Ken had a super one and I mean I really believed that and um, um, and then I forgot about the whole thing I just gave up on it and then somebody had one of those screen savers that has it looks like three-dimensional objects like moving around in space and one was like a pyramid, one was a sphere, one was like a cylinder. And so they're moving around and you're seeing them from different angles. And I'm looking at that thing, oh, that's kind of cool. And a little voice in my head went, oh, just like that. And after that, I could flip images. And what I realized later is um, my mind just didn't know what, what I wanted it to do when I was telling it to flip images. But when it saw the computer do it, it went, oh, I can do that. Is, is, is that what you wanted me to do? So, um, and I do that a lot in my work. I give people symbols, analogies, metaphors for things that, so I'm like, my mind didn't know how the computer did it. It just needed a, a model for it. And um, so in energetic NLP, we do that a lot. And one of the, the kind of analogies that I really like is the idea of a magnet because almost everybody played with magnets when they were a kid. And, and people know that magnets are these things and they have invisible energy. And when you were a kid, you held up a magnet and you held up a pin. And all you had to do is let go of the pin and the magnet would pull it off. So um, that's kind of wired into our minds. Like, okay, a magnet is a thing with energy that can pull something else and, and move it. So with all that forward, the, the, this process is really simple. And in energetic NLP, we, we go beyond conscious control. So anybody who's gonna try this, 
what I'd like to suggest is just set your intention that your inner wisdom and your spirit, if you have a, if you believe you have a spirit, but if not, just your inner wisdom, your inner wisdom and spirit are in charge of what's going to happen in this process. So consciously, you don't have to figure anything out. You're just going, okay, inner wisdom, spirit, you're in charge. And then take a moment and just notice how you're feeling right now. You know, kind of scan your body and notice what feels good, what doesn't feel good, what's tight, what's loose, what's heavy, light. And then imagine there's a magnet floating out in front of you, at least three meters, 10 feet. And then putting your inner wisdom and spirit in charge, give your inner wisdom and spirit permission to release energies in your energy field that aren't yours, to release them to the magnet. And then just pretend things are going off, just pretend they're doing it. Again, your inner wisdom and spirit are scanning your body and energy fields for energies that aren't yours and aren't helpful. And it's choosing which ones to release and it's sending them out to that magnet. And then you take that magnet, drop it into the center of the earth and let the earth recycle the energy. And we're gonna do four magnets in all. Float a magnet high above your head and your energy field goes all around you and in you. So the one high above your head, it's clearing from your shoulders, through your neck, inside your head, your forehead, the back of your head, the top of your head, and going up above your head and all around your head. So the whole space, maybe nine feet, three meters above your head, that magnet floating above you, give your inner wisdom and spirit permission to use that magnet to clear all that energy from your shoulders on up that isn't helping you. Particularly other people's thoughts, fears, emotions, their shoulds, have tos. And then drop that magnet into the earth, let the earth recycle the, money, the, the energy. Put a magnet far behind you and a lot of energy gets stuck in our energy field behind us where we don't notice it. So give permission for your inner wisdom and spirit to use that magnet to clear the back of your body and your energy field behind you. Drop that into the earth, let the earth recycle the energy. And then the fourth and last magnet is in the earth. Let it clear from the base of your spine, through your legs, your feet, going down about a meter, three feet below your feet and going all around your legs. Let that magnet in the earth clear your whole lower body's energy field. and then let that magnet recycle the energy through the earth. And you always, when you do energy work, you always wanna fill your energy back up. 
And it isn't just that other people have left their energy in your energy field. You've scattered your energy all over the place. You leave it at home, at work, and in cars, on buses, and trains, in the past, present, and future. So again, putting your inner wisdom and spirit in charge, imagine a gold ball of energy above your head. In any of your energy that you've scattered, that your inner wisdom and spirit want to retrieve, that gold ball acts like a magnet and retrieves your energy from where you've scattered it. And then your authentic energy gets sent from that gold ball and it just gets transmitted down into your body and energy field, filling you back up. And then that gold ball can send gold energy down to fill your body and energy field. If there's any space still empty, it gets filled up with that gold energy. take a couple easy deep breaths and how are you feeling right now i gotta say all right i feel excellent now i feel super energized you know e even more than i did before and i, I think that was a, a very amazing experience and i, and I want to thank you I, I definitely feel i feel really clear-headed i think that's the yeah. best way to put it right now like i feel like my energy is good it's calm and collected and i kind of see clearly does that make sense art totally Totally. People talk about they feel calmer, they feel clearer, they feel lighter. Um, they feel Sometimes people feel a little sleepy, but usually they feel energized. And this process, and I'll, I'll go through the steps again. What I, what I tell people, do it in the morning when you get up. And you can do it in a minute, if you if just have a minute. Um, and then do it before you go to bed. If you do it in the morning when you wake up, you'll feel energized and clear. If you do it before you go to sleep, you'll sleep more deeply and get more rest because you'll clear the, the things that, that are just kind of stuck in your brain and body. Um, if you have a, a, a big meeting or you're doing a presentation or a sales call or whatever, or, or uh, before uh, writing, being creative in some way, um, take a minute, clear your energy and the writing will be, well, writing, painting, whatever you're doing will be, more creative will be better. If you're um, uh, visiting people that push your buttons off in your family or other people, um, go ahead and, and do this. And um, if, if, if you work on the team or you've had interactions with customers or people or if you have clients, um, it's really important to do this after you're done with them because you'll release any of their energies that you've picked up and you'll retrieve from them any of your energies you've stuck in their space. Because um, people are always sticking, we, we all stick our energy in other people's space all the time. It's just a, a human thing to do, but, but which is okay as long as we retrieve it and, and then clear it back out. Um, but that, that one little process, if that's all people got out of the session and started doing that, it, it, it will transform your life over time. And I, and I really want to thank you for sharing, Art. I think that's amazing. And I, it's something that I'm going to 
you know, put into my, my daily routine and my schedule. I think it'll really help me to, you know, sleep better. Do you think it'll help to wake up in the morning? Definitely. Cause I, I'm one of those people, uh, when I sleep, I kind of go off somewhere. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I, I wake up in the morning and I, I'm, I mean, I have some of my old childhood friends still hesitate to call me in the morning and I go, yeah, <laughs> I've learned how to deal with this. And, um, but, but you know, I, I typically wake up like, or I used to like, uh, you know, and mm -hmm. um, um, I'll lie in bed and I'll do my magnets, do the gold ball. And it's like, hello world. You know, it's like I had a cup of coffee or something. Um, it's, it's great for waking up. And again, doing it before you sleep, you just clear a lot of things out of your space. So they don't keep you awake. Don't, uh, don't um, cause dreams and stuff that are troubling. Um, in fact, a friend of mine years ago, uh, uh, she had several children, but she had a really young daughter who every night the daughter would have nightmares and, and come up in, in the middle of the night and you sleep with my, my friend and her husband. And I went, you know, you wouldn't do this with a teenager, but in the same way, you can do it a little bit. But I mean, with a young child in particular, um, I go, your mama, you have a right to, to protect her. And before, when the, her daughter would go to bed, she wouldn't even tell her daughter. She just imagined magnets outside the room and she'd clear out of her daughter's bedroom any energies that would give her nightmares. And, um, and then bring in energies that would help her sleep. And, and she, you don't have to figure it all out. She would just ask her inner wisdom spirit, okay, bring in energies that will help my daughter sleep and get rest and da da da. And I taught her this technique and she, she did it the next night and that was it, the daughter stopped and she didn't tell you tell her daughter anything about it didn't tell her husband that was it the daughter stopped having the nightmares stopped coming up um uh so in in the corporate work that i do and I, i've done a lot of work um for like high tech pharma companies finance you know big fortune 100 kind of companies um and uh often if i'm working with a team sometimes they're a good team and they just want to get better sometimes they're working with me because they're not getting along. And, you know, I, I'll clear the energy of the room and I don't try to control people, but I, I just clear the energy, you know, that they bring in all their upset and with each other. And then I, I would just ask, okay, bring in whatever energies they need so they can work together well. You know, and, and, and again, not trying to control anything, just what energies do they want and need? And, almost always, you know, at the end of the day, people go, gee, that was really magical. And we thought this would take a really long time. And you know, you know, we never thought those people would get along. And, um, you know, it's not always that easy, but it, it, in fact, one of my students, she was coming down to attend one of my workshops earlier in the year and she works for a Silicon Valley company and she doesn't tell people, but every meeting, she, she clears the energy of the meeting and brings in energies that will help people. Again, you know, and I want to make clear, she isn't trying to force any particular outcome. She's just you know, setting an energy environment, kind of like if you were having a dinner party, you try to set a good environment. Um, and she was rushing uh, so she could leave work, uh, you know, take a couple of days off work and come to my workshop. And, and she didn't do it. And it was the first bad meeting they'd had in years. You know, and she's going like, damn, you know, it's like, <laughs> don't leave that out. And and I invite people to try it. The, the biggest thing, I'll just say it one more time, is you're not trying to control people. You don't try to force an outcome. 
because that can have all kinds of negative effects. It, even if it works short term, it can really boomerang. You know, I just, so like when I work with a team of people, even if they hate each other, on a deep level, they'd rather enjoy being at work. They'd rather enjoy working with each, you know, they're stuck with each other. They'd rather it was nice. And I just imagine my spirit and their spirit decide what energies to bring in and we bring those energies in and it changes everything. And if the meeting starts getting heavy, I imagine a magnet outside the room and, it, and that it clears any of the energies that aren't helpful. I bring in fresh energies and then everything gets back on course. Thank it's you, Art. I love that. Miraculous. Yeah. So I, I'm curious, you, you talked a little bit earlier about kind of absorbing new skills through neurolinguistic programming and energetic neurolinguistic programming, mm -hmm. such as the, the skill of snowboarding. And I'm sure there's a bunch of other abilities. So how can we kind of unlock our, these hidden abilities and reach our fullest potential? What are some more abilities or things that we can do to reach closer to that potential? Um, well, the good news is there's a ton of things you can do. I'm, I'm trying to think things that I can describe in an easy way. So, um, so again, one is that, <clears throat> is, as I said, just when you clear your energy, you, you open up more to your genuine thoughts, emotions, and abilities. Um, there's a number of reasons that can be getting in the way of somebody getting new abilities. So on an NLP level, some of it is very practical. So there's, you know, are, are you thinking in a way that works? And for every ability, that's a little different. And so in NLP, we call it modeling out. You find somebody who's really good at it and find out how they're thinking. So I'll give you a, sim a simple example of that. So I, I wrestled and played football in high school and I hated being on the kickoff return team because it seemed like everybody knew where the football was gonna land before I did. So I, you know, I was always a little slow in the drawer. And, and I would try to figure out how did they know where it was going to land before I did. And everybody would go, well, keep your eye on the ball. I'm going, I am keeping my eye on the ball. You know, but that's not doing it. And what they weren't, in, in the NLP, we call it unconscious competence. And usually a core part of skills are things that people, they don't mention it because they don't, it doesn't occur to them that anybody that would do it any differently. So when I started studying NLP, I actually modeled out how people did it. And what they, what they were really trying to tell me is, so the football gets kicked and in their mind, they, they create an arc line and they, and you know, they see the trajectory of the ball and they just extend the arc and see where it's going to land. Does that, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense to me. Yeah. Well, Nobody ever said it that way. They just say, keep your eye on the ball. And then what I would be doing, I'd be thinking in words and I'd be trying to analyze in words and you can't do it that way. Nobody can do it that way. Mm. It has to be done visually. So one of the things we look at in NLP, what component of a skill is visual? What components auditory? What's a kinesthetic body feeling? What has to do with balance? Um, and then if you are picturing things, so, um, uh, some people, their internal visualizations, well, well I'll give you a, a good example. So in NLP, there's something called submodalities. And I, 
I briefly mentioned this earlier, and it's an internal coding system. It tells us what to do with a thought. So if I tell you to think of something from a year ago and you picture it, you know it happened more or less a year ago. You, you know it didn't happen 20 years ago. You, you know it didn't happen yesterday. You know it's not happening now. Well, there's, there's something that your unconscious mind does with that image that tells you where it happened in time. And very often, like for a lot of people, the further an image is to the left, the more it was in the past, or the image will be behind them and the future image will be in front. Uh, and like I say, for a lot of people, the future's off to the right and the past is off to the left. And, um, and when somebody's thinking about something, they'll unconsciously focus their eyes. And, and uh, I remember one of my teachers, she was incredibly, you could go, oh, I'm thinking of doing that. And, um, and she'd go, oh, so you can do that in February? I'd go, like the time this happened, it was November. I go, how'd you know I was going to do it in February? And she goes, well, I'm looking where your eyes were focused, and that's where you put your February images. <laughs> and, um, um, but there's other things, like whether it's moving or still. Um, so people will have a packaging for something they believe, a packaging for something they doubt. Um, so a lot of people will tell you, well, visualize what you want. But a lot of people, when they do that, the way they've packaged it is it's packaged as a fantasy or daydream. And because we, we all have lots of thoughts that we don't really want to have happen. So often your mind will package them, this is just a fantasy, which is a good thing because you don't want to act on every thought that gets in your head. But a lot of people, when they try to visualize an outcome that they want, what they don't realize is they're visualizing well the way that's telling their unconscious mind that's a fantasy. And they can repackage it so it's telling their unconscious mind, like, actually make this happen. Um, so a long-winded way of saying, for any particular skill, you need to find the components of that skill. But um, one thing that, from the energetic level, there's some things you can do that will always help. And um, uh, trying to make, not make this too complicated, but but there's a series of sort of spiritual cages that people live within, and when I call them cages, they're not bad or wrong. It's just the human condition, but they they create limitations. And in energetic NLP, we do a lot of opening up cages, and so one whole set of spiritual cages has to do with karma, and it controls a lot of what is or isn't possible in your life. Within that, there's something called spiritual contracts, which is agreements you've made either consciously, unconsciously, or spiritually about what is or isn't going to happen in this lifetime. Um, there's something we call whole being permission. So when I work with people, they may consciously want something, but they unconsciously may not want it. And maybe their spirit wants it, but their soul doesn't want it. So there's a lot of aspects, and none of them are that hard. There's just, um, uh, and, and the reason I'm, I'm giving you a more complicated answer rather than a simple one is I get clients all the time who are beating themselves up because they go, you know, I'm doing this right, and I'm studying this, and I'm visualizing what I want, and I'm doing positive thinking, and why isn't it working? And and they feel like a failure on top of, you know, they're a failure on top of being a failure, if, if that makes sense. <laughs> and, uh, um, 
And so, uh, you know, because people are always trying to make this overly simple, like, oh, just visualize what you want and it will happen, you know, or just learn the practical steps. Well, all of those are important, but they're not necessarily enough. Um, if somebody has a spiritual contract where, they're, where that says they're going to struggle about love or finances or health, they're going to keep bumping up against that until they change the contract. If they have karma that's limiting them in those areas, often they'll start, things will start working, then they collapse. So um, I just want people to be aware if things aren't working, get curious about it. it it doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It just means there's things you haven't addressed yet. And because um, so many people, they give up because they, they think, well, I'm doing everything right. It's not working. And they they just get frustrated with themselves or, 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 or start making up all kinds of negative stuff about themselves. I mean, I, I had a client who, you know, she'd heard things about the, the secret and stuff and believe, you know, you visualize what you want. And that had worked for her in a lot of areas of her life. And, and she was in charge of a, of a program for the United Nations in a, a developing country I won't mention. Um, and she called me, she'd heard about my work and she said, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Like everything's not, you know, the programs aren't working right in this country and I keep running into roadblocks. And, but you know, I, I'm doing all the practical things. I'm visualizing what I want. and what's wrong with me spiritually, you know, kind of thing. And meanwhile, the country she's working in, because I knew other people working in that country, is known as one of the couple of most corrupt countries in the world. And she's having to work through the government. Mm. <laughs> and I'm going, you're not doing anything wrong. You're in a really horrible situation. And, and you're making it better, but not remotely what it could be. And, but it isn't, it isn't what you're doing, you know, that you're up against some big forces and all you can do is, is chip away at them and, and make a difference. But you, you, you know, you just can't, you know, it, it isn't that you're doing anything wrong. So that might be kind of an extreme example, but, but I get people all the time that, that they think, well, why, what am I doing wrong? What's wrong with me? Just like I felt years ago when I couldn't get out of my research job, like, you know, like, what am I a loser? What's wrong with me? You know, it, rather than people going, there's something blocking you. And we just need to figure out what that is. And and I can't give a generic answer for everybody because everybody's unique. Um, so I'm just trying to inspire people. Like, uh, you know, if they're in that kind of situation, keep looking for the answer. And, and energetic NLP is one way to get the answer. And, and there are other ways too to like what is actually stopping you. Okay, thank you for sharing, Art. So I'm curious, throughout your experience and your in your life so far, what would you say is the most important lesson that you have learned? Um, well, one of them is just what I was talking about. There's, there's a saying in Taoism, what's in the way is the way. What's in the way is the way. And I wish when I was younger, rather than thinking what's wrong with me, and I've gone, um, okay, well, this is interesting. And if I, if I really find out what's going on here, my life's going to improve in all kinds of ways. You know, so rather than just focusing on that I'm blocked, it's not working, getting really, really curious. So in, in NLP, the developers who talk about some of the best things they develop 
with, they would have a technique and it would work on all kinds of people and then it wouldn't work on somebody. And instead of getting flustered by that, they'd go, this is an incredible opportunity, you, you know, to find out what's missing for this person because that's going to open up some whole new thing. And it would. Um, so this idea that what's in the way is the way and that rather than judge yourself or anybody else to explore it and, and see it as something to discover rather than um, something that you have to fix. I like that. I think, you know, especially in something such as energetic NLP or, or NLP in general, you know, every, every problem is an opportunity and that, that's something yeah. that I also believe in business. So one of the, the ideas that you mentioned earlier are, are our, some of the, the abilities of our unconscious mind and the subconscious mind. So do you have any more examples of what some of these abilities might be? Um, well, uh, in my area, um, some of the abilities are everybody can know things. There isn't any way they could possibly know, <laughs> you know that, that you can open up that your mind and your spirit can access incredible information. Um, uh, I mean, to give one example of it, like, and I hadn't studied any of this yet. I think I was about 22 years old and I'd come from a party in San Francisco and, um, you know, I was 22 years old and felt kind of invincible. And so it's late at night and the shortest way home was to cut through this big park, which is, you know, not the safest thing to do it one in the morning or two in the morning or something. <laughs> I would but imagine. I, but, you know, I just thought, yeah, I just, you know, kind of was, oh, let me worry. And I walked into the park and the park is in some hills. And part of the park was on the other side of a hill from me, not a super high hill, but on the other side of the hill. So I couldn't see or hear anything on the other side of the hill. And I started walking down the, the main path in the park and a voice in my head said, there's three guys on the other side of the hill and they're, they're gonna beat up whoever is the first person they encounter. And I'm thinking, and I'd never had an experience like that. And I was thinking, huh, but it, it, it came in in a really convincing way. So I, I got off the path. I mean, dummy me, I should have just gone a whole different route, but I got off the path and I started walking through the middle of the field because I thought, okay, this way, if somebody is coming over the hill, I'll, I'll have a chance to see them and run or something. So, and, and this park, there was like a ravine on one side and like a pedestrian bridge over it. And um, I'm getting close to the pedestrian bridge. And all of a sudden, sure enough, I see three guys come over the hill. And I'm thinking, huh. And I looked at them and I thought, and I could just feel their energy, even though I wasn't into it. Mm -hmm. You know, they were just putting off this, they just wanted to kick the crap out of somebody. And some other guy was, so they, they're walk. you know, I'm walking forward, they're coming from my right, and there's some guy coming from my left, walking towards them. And we're all getting pretty close to each other. And I didn't want to cause something to happen by saying something to the other guy, I wasn't sure what to do. So I got over the pedestrian bridge and that, about that time he met up with them and he was a really big guy. Um, I'm not, I mean, he was twice my size and a young guy. And all of a sudden I hear screaming and they've pulled him down into the ravine and they're beating him up. And um, um, 
there was there, there, there does end up being a fairly happy ending to this. I, I rang some doorbells and got somebody to call the police, but nobody would come help me, and I I, I wasn't willing to run down the ravine by myself. But um, uh, but I uh, luckily somebody just kind of appeared. I mean, it's late at night, nobody's around. I I told him what was going on, and he was smarter than I was, so he started yelling as if the police were already there. And it scared those guys, and they let go of them. And he ran up and joined us, and they they took off another way. But but the thing is, there was no way I could have known those three guys were there. You know, they were on the other side of a hill. And um, um, but we have access to phenomenal information. And anybody who's interested in this, if you can learn to study intuition development or call it psychic development, um, and you get all this guidance in life. It's 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 phenomenal, and it's it's there for us. And I think a lot of the most create, you know, a lot of the people we think of as creative geniuses, they, they would talk about. Um, we even I don't know if she's a creative genius, but J.K. Rawlings, who who wrote the Harry Potter books, she was I think on a train, and all the whole book series just popped in her mind. The whole whole thing it was like boom. And um, Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. And she has these she has wonderful YouTube videos and TED Talks on creativity. And she talks about how in most of human history, people didn't think like we did that creativity was all happening inside your brain. They thought it was like a dance between outside forces. So they would talk about gods of creativity or the muses. And um, uh, she goes into it in depth. But she talks about how if you open up to it, ideas will come in. That are incredible ideas, and um, and then and then you work with them with your own internal creativity. So, I guess the long-winded way of, of trying to say to people, it is so incredibly life-changing when you learn to clear your energy and open up to all this information that's around us, and it, it just it changes everything in your life, and you can get to the point where you feel constantly guided and supported. Thank you, Art. I really love yeah. your story and I appreciate you sharing it. So if you were to give me a piece of advice for how to start tapping into more of the intuition in my and the, the kind of unlimited creativity and learning potential, what are some things that you might recommend me to do? I know we talked about clearing your energy and opening yourself up. Is there anything else that you would recommend? Yeah, there's a, a really simple process uh, that again uses the idea of using a, an analogy. So um, lots of traditions, so this is out in the collective consciousness, use fire as a symbol for transformation. You know, a lot of churches like candles and people burn fires and, you know, it's, it, it's in the human uh, collective consciousness that fire can be a symbol for transformation. And people can do a lot by, you again put your inner wisdom and spirit in charge. And you imagine out in front of you, and you just pretend there's this transformative fire. I think of it as a sacred fire, but you just think it's a transformative fire. It has the ability to dissolve the things that are holding you back. And then what you do is, is you ask your inner wisdom and spirit to pick any blocks that you're ready to release and to turn them into little tiny symbols. And the symbols go out to the fire and get burned up. And um, I know that sounds way too simple, but it works. So again, you put your inner wisdom and spirit in charge. 
You imagine this transformative fire. You ask your inner wisdom and spirit to choose the blocks that it wants you to let go of. It turns them into symbols and puts them in the fire. And for a lot of people, the hard part is they want to know what the symbols are. And the thing is, if you're in a wisdom and spirit in charge, it's, you're not going to let go of anything you shouldn't let go of. Um, you know, that's built in. So you, analyzing it will only get in your way. Um, and for me, some people always use the same symbol. They'll take a flower like a rose or they'll imagine a little pyramid or a star. For me, I, I just imagine these little balls of energy go off and they get dissolved. And to make it way more powerful, you know, so I'll go to, okay, I want my inner wisdom and spirit to create symbols for whatever's blocking me that, that my wisdom and spirit want me to let go of. But then I'll go, if there's anything blocking me from releasing what's blocking me, turn those into symbols and put them in the fire. And if there's anything that's blocking me from releasing what's blocking me from releasing what's blocking me, I'll put those in the fire. So an example might be some people have a belief that life has to be a struggle, but they, they can't put it in the fire because they have a deeper belief that they're bad or wrong or they deserve to be punished. So until they dissolve that deeper symbol, they can't dissolve the, the one that life has to be a struggle. So, and you don't need to figure this out consciously. So in my mind, I just go, okay, identify what's blocked me that, that you want me to let go of, identify what's blocking me from letting go of what's blocking me, and identify anything that's blocking me from letting go of what's blocking me from letting go of what's blocking me. <laughs> yeah, and that's as far as you have to go. And I just imagine all these symbols going in the fire. And part of what makes that stronger is your conscious mind has to give up at that point, trying to control it. And, and for people listening, it's like, you know, uh, for, for, um, for certain mental abilities, it is about control, but for a lot of them, it's about flow and letting go of control. So artists, writers, um, uh, entertainers, athletes, everybody talks about getting in the flow. And the whole point is you're not consciously controlling it. You're allowing it to happen. And flow is a very, very powerful state that there are books written about it. Um, and so when you, when you eliminate your conscious control, all of a sudden your unconscious mind, your spirit can just do these things. Very interesting. Thank you for sharing art. So I was trying out the, the exercise while you were explaining it. And when I, when I was making the fire and putting the, the things into it, I saw a whole bunch of like mathematical symbols and things such <laughs> as that. So it, it was really interesting. And I, and I really appreciate you sharing your wisdom today. And, you know, I just looked at the clock and I realized it's been over an hour art. Time has really okay. flown. And I, I really appreciate you coming onto the show today. And so one Thank of you. the things, yeah, yeah. And one of the things that I do with the show is as we start to close things up, as we start to reach usually around the, the hour mark, I know we're a little over right now and that's fine. I, I always try to leave my, my audience with the, the same question and that the guests kind of answer is, and it's this, if you could only leave the audience with one piece of actionable advice, what would it be? And of course I know, and anyone li listening to this are definitely going to get way more than one thing. Like I certainly have, but if you had to choose just one thing, what would you leave them with? 
um, well, on a, on a, on a, a to-do level, th those two processes, using the magnets and, and using the transformative fire, if, if they just did those two things. In fact, if you do the transformative fire first, you can do more with the magnets. Um, um, so again, if they did those two processes, took five minutes, did them twice a day, they'll get wonderful enhancements in their lives. And uh, the second is a concept, it's just that everybody truly is, and people who, who who see energies like I do, and, I, and, and that's something everybody can learn to do. Again, it doesn't make you special. It's just something you learn to do. Um, every person you encounter, you see this amazing, beautiful spiritual being. It's them. And that amazing being and our amazing unconscious minds have phenomenal abilities. So just people just believing that incredible things are possible for them that, that go beyond what they ever thought was possible. And just living your life with that openness and then exploring, you know, exploring ways to, you know, not making that a have to or a should, but just letting life be fun in that way and, and learning different things that will open up, like listening to your podcast, you know, learning ways to open up more of our abilities. Um, so I'm just saying have, have faith in themselves. And if a particular thing doesn't work for you, like fine, skip it, <laughs> do something else. But but there'll be there's so much stuff out there now that's incredible. That just have fun with it and see how far you can take it, just for the joy of it. Thank you so much, Art. It was a pleasure to to speak with you today. I I learned a ton. I think we had a very I, and I you know the thing is I feel like we just kind of scratched the surface with yeah with, the, with what is possible for these topics. Would you say so? Oh, absolutely. And um, um. For any of your listeners, you know, I'll, I'll put up a, a web page that will have energeticnlp.com forward slash and then, you know, the podcast name and, um, uh, uh, or at least Da Vinci, <laughs> maybe not the whole thing. And then um, yes, and on it, I'll put up some videos where I go into more depth on, on those energy processes and some more. So people want to really learn how to do it. And of course, okay, awesome. this podcast again. <laughs> <laughs> thank you and yeah that, that's exactly what i was about to ask you i was about to ask you where the the listeners could find you at is there any more contact information or anything such as that that you would like to provide for the listeners out there well just my my main website is energeticnlp.com and if they have trouble with all that they can just do enlp for energetic nlp <clears throat> excuse me enlp the number seven dot com and if they sign up i do a lot of um uh, webinars and, and, and other things online. Um, um, uh, we do different kinds of meditations and classes. So uh, if this has resonated with people, I'd love to have them come sign up and explore what we can do. Okay, perfect, Art. Thank you so much for sharing. And to the listeners out there, I'll make sure to put a link to energeticnlp.com in the link in the description below, wherever you're listening to this at, whether it's on my website or Spotify or iTunes, just check the description for this episode and you will find the link 
to Art Geyser's Energetic NLP so you can learn more about what we talked about today. I know that I'm going to check it out. I hopefully that you guys will too as well so that you can get these amazing benefits. And Art, I just want to say that I, I really love speaking with you today. I learned a ton and I look forward to speaking with you again in the future. I feel like we could have like a hundred of these episodes because it, I just find it to be so interesting. I think anything with our mental abilities and the mind, I feel like we, I, as a species, I feel like we've just scratch the surface mm -hmm. of what's possible for ourselves. So it's something very interesting. And I love this topic. So thank you for joining me on the, on the show today. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate your show. I think you're, you're doing such a great service for people and I'd be happy to be on any time. And I want to thank the people who've listened. It's a real honor to be on the show and to have them listen. Hey, the pleasure is all mine, Art, and to the listeners out there, I really hope that you guys have enjoyed this episode of the Da Vinci Mindset Podcast. This episode is already running a little long, so I think we're going we're gonna to cut it here, and I really want to thank you for joining us in the episode. We'll have more episodes in the future with Art talking more about neuro-linguistic programming, energetic NLP, all these really cool, awesome topics that can help you to make a better life for yourself, your family, your community, your business, whatever the case may be. We have something to offer you. So thank you for joining us in this episode, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Da Vinci Mindset Podcast.